What's up, everybody? Daryl Frater, the club CEO here, and we have another amazing episode of the My DJ Story podcast brought to you by the club app, the number one online community for DJs where you can stream for free and not get cut off. Today, we have an amazing brother, DJ Doc Ramadan. Brother, can you please introduce yourself to the people who you are and where you're from? What's going on, everybody? Like you said, my name is DJ Doc Ramadan. I am currently, I'm presently in living in Atlanta and I'm originally from New York. Um, so that's where everything started for me. Um, I started really as an early hip hop DJ cause um, like early hip hop, you had to, you had to have at least three different areas of expertise. You know, you had to, you had to be boy, you had to DJ or do graffiti or, you know, represent the culture somehow. So. For me, I wasn't really a good break dancer, so I decided graffiti and DJing was gonna be my thing. You know, um, I was a little nerdy, so I, I kind of understood, you know, how to use machinery and, and equipment. So, you know, two turntables just right, it just appealed to my mind. You know what I mean? So, my first DJ setup was like, was a, I mean, a makeshift, you know, like. I only had one technique. I didn't even have two. I had one technique and then I had like, you know, the ratty other one that my moms would let me use. And I didn't even know what a mixer was. I just knew that I needed that thing that I had to switch back and forth. I didn't know what that was, but I was like, yeah, that's what you need. So let's like work that out. And the technique would be the, the one I scratched on and the other joint was the one we just let that play. You know what I mean? That's how you kind of like, kept your skill going and um i just started like playing at people's houses you know we had a homie whose birthday it was whoever had the most records would show up you know and then people would just like donate records too like so somebody would bring 10 you would bring your 15 records you know and hopefully you could put a crate together you know and um it was really all about like not so much changing records but letting the whole album play out you know, cause like we were really still listening to whole albums. So all of those things kind of like helped me really grasp the understanding of what I wanted to do with music, you know, cause I, I liked it. I, I liked that people kind of got together and did something, you know, I like the idea of people being able to have this community situation take place by sitting around and listening to an album, you know what I mean? Collectively. Yeah, man, that's I amazing start. too, man. I, I want to jump in, man. I think that's super amazing of how you got started. So you just found an interest in DJing. You was like, you know what? Let me just get started. And you took whatever yeah. you had already. You know, you had the makeshift DJ setup where you just kind of put Definitely. together everything you had and, and you made it work, you know? And then you, you got all your friends, you pulled together records and you guys just you just had a good time with what you had and then you started playing at people's houses man i think that just seeing that you had a passion and being able to execute yeah. on that idea in whatever ways you had is so important and some people don't take that step because the obstacles they see to get started but you said i don't care about any of these obstacles i'm gonna go with whatever yeah. i have and i'm and i'm gonna get started so i'm super happy to hear that you did that you took the leap of faith and just went for it and doing something you love but yeah c continue and, and tell me like where it went from there um, so at that point, I, I also am a dancer, right? So I was also like a video dancer, you know, routines and all that. I was big into that as well. So like sometimes it was a, it would be like a, a trial for me to have to stay behind the DJ booth because 
you know, I could dance. Like, I was good at it, too. So my squad would be like, yo, don't DJ. Like, nah, nah, we need you to dance. And I'd like, dance. All right, all right, come on. So one dude I knew, my homeboy, Nate. Nate was in the um, DJ Huggy Bear. He was the DJ of the crew. And um, Nate knew how to mix. So he had two turntables, like, he had equipment, you know what I mean? He was he was also West Indian, and the West Indian culture are big on DJing. You know, like, when they DJ, they DJ for real. Like, they, they dedicate their whole life, and then, like, you know, six people donate speakers. Like, so he was real with his equipment and everything. Um, so watching him, though, I started to learn how to be a party DJ, which was different than just playing in the house, listening to records, but, like, you know, actually knowing what tracks to play to get the party jumping, you know, um, you know, when to drop a track. He like he taught me how to blend and like play, you know, beats back and forth using the crossfader. So just watching him, I was like, okay, this is like a whole nother level, right, that you doing than what I was used to. So but the more he did it, the more I kind of fell back because he was so good. I was like, all right, well, everybody in they in the crew got a job. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was good at something special. So he was fabulous at DJing and he was more advanced than I was. So I kind of was like, well, all right, I'm going to be the dancer then. I'm going to stick to that. You know, you you DJ, I'll dance. And like, that's how we put our crew together. And um, so maybe about like mid 90, I kind of fell back on the DJ and went hard in the dance. And periodically, you know, a homeboy or something would have a party. I'd jump on the tables just like as a special situation. But I really fell back and I hadn't had the DJ experience because I began living as a dancer and being a part of the dance culture. And um, it kept me in, in the DJ circle because, you know, DJs and, and dancers go hand in hand with every kind of entertainment. You know what I mean? So for, I would say for about maybe 15 years, I just, I stopped DJing, you know, because I had put myself into this dance culture so deep and it gave me a different perspective on music, you know? Um, and then I would say around maybe 2000, house music was like, I, I became deep into the house music culture. You know, I transitioned out of hip hop and came deep in the house and kind of really broke into you know, I, I mean, I kind of was already a part of it because hip hop and house are like almost go hand in hand in terms of the culture itself growing in New York City. So it was like if you were a dancer, you, you kind of had to be a little hip hop and house simultaneously. You know, if you really wanted to have that, that kind of dance experience. Um, so as I moved into house music and I became a house dancer, that's when I started becoming friends again with DJs. And I kind of was getting a feeling back. Like I was like missing that aspect of, of being musical. You know what I mean? Touching wax and, and spinning, listening to blends and like just hearing different beats in my head. And um, I slowly, I wanted to, but you know, I was like hesitant again because I was so deep into the house music culture. And um, then I went into film. I started shooting house music dancer documentaries. And it was like, I wasn't even into DJing anymore. You know, I was just so deep into the dance culture. Um, but what, as I shot the documentary, what I noticed was that I really started to get the understanding of how significant the relationship between dancers and DJs actually is, especially for house music. 
and how DJs use a dancer as their radar to judge whether it's any good or not. You know what I mean? And even if the whole club is dancing, I would notice that DJs would be looking right at me and I would be like, yo, why is he watching me? And then it would dawn on me like, nah, he's, if, I, if I'm not dancing, then this is kind of whack. You know what I mean? Like, if you can't get me to dance, then I kind of dance with anything. But if I'm not dancing to this and I'm just like, you know, mulling back and forth, then the DJ's like, okay, I got to change that. You know what I mean? So I started to really understand the, the DJ dancer relationship and understand like the frequency and the science behind what a relationship between a DJ, dancers, and the audience actually is. You know, the DJ feeds off of the dancer. Yeah, people in the club, that's one thing. The energy, yeah, but somebody has to ignite the energy. You know, somebody, I'm the guy who, I'm the first one on the dance floor. Nobody's dancing, I go right to the dance floor center, and I'm like telling the DJ, okay, this is what you need to do. You know what I mean? Like, okay, this is cool, but I'm gonna need you to pick up the pace or, yeah, that's a good song, but nah, nah, you, you killed me on that one. Like, I, I know that we're having a conversation physically, you know what I'm saying? And he's trying to gauge what works for me. Good DJs, they already know what works for me because like, they've been watching me. You know, they like, okay, that's my dude. I know what he got, I know what he works, what he works with, so it gives a different experience. So I kind of really started getting that understanding of how significant DJs, dancers are to a DJ, again, specifically in house music, you know? Um, and it, it put me in a place where I was, I started advocating for, for dancers to DJs where I was like, you know, DJs always, you know, we have a tendency to, like, because we're isolated, we think, for everybody sometimes, instead of always listening to people. You know what I mean? And we like, we go to track source, pick the top 10 track hits, and we're like, yo, this is gonna rock. And no, it's really not. You know what I mean? Them, them, them 10 tracks from track source, and they were real shaky at best, or yeah, that was, it sounded good when you downloaded it, but when you got to the club, everybody was like, eh, that's okay, I guess you can play that. And it's like, damn, that wasn't a good move, you know? So it's like, you gotta really, get in tune with your dancers and 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 feel where they're coming from so that you can re recreate something in them you know you can ignite you know set this fire off because they're the ones that's going to get the party jumping you feel what i mean yeah I, I think you brought up a really interesting dynamic man you talked about the science behind the dj and dancer relationship i don't think that's ever been brought up on the podcast yet so i like that you really mm. touched on this and i think that it's super important to understand how to create the entire experience you know through the dancers the people in the room the dj the music everything together works in motion to fulfill the goal of a great event party or whatever you're djing at and it's like exactly. you set the tone as a dj you got to know how to use all the assets at that event at that party that you have to make the experience for the people that are there and i feel like you understand right. the science of it to a deeper level than what most people actually see so if you're here, if you're listening, listen to DJ Doc Ramadan. He understands the psychology of the dancer yes. and DJ relationship to set the vibe in the room. So yeah, I just wanted to jump in and say that amazing, you know, brother, that, that is truthfully amazing. And and thank you for, for putting that in the minds of the other DJs that may be listening to this. Yes. Now they can add that to 
what they're doing. They can include that yes. and incorporate that to their DJing because it might be an element that they never thought about before. So you're unlocking a new wave for them to even think about to make their DJ experience better for their audiences. So thank you for that, man. And, and talk to me a little bit more no about question. like, like where do you go from there? Now you, you have this expertise in, in in curating the music and the experience with the DJs, the dancers and the audience. You know, what are some things that you've done like in the most recent years um, and, and kind of where do you see your career going forward from there? Um, so recently, because um, I kind of, you know, in Atlanta, the house music scene got shaky. And what started happening was DJs got a little too comfortable. You know, um, I would go to parties and kind of hear the same set like over. And I was like, hold on, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? I would see DJs on the side shazamming somebody else's set so they could play it at the next set that they're at. And I'm like, nah, V, like, y'all kind of losing touch with reality. Meaning, like, a lot of DJs started becoming promoters. And because they became promoters, they lost their connection with the people who make the party. So they're so busy advertising that they're not DJing or being conscious of the fact that, you know, in house music, it's all inclusive. It's not just one audience. And, you know, DJs, a pro DJ slash promoter will get into the habit of only accessing his people. And for house music, that's not how it works. It keeps be becoming more alive because new people keep coming in. It keeps pulling people in, younger people. There's people that are like maybe 60 years old at the party dancing. That's cool. But I need somebody that's going to be like 24, 25, too, to keep the energy up and to keep this, you know, the that frequency that we're all tuned into to keep it going. So when DJ started not bringing in the young squad, I was like, how you not bringing in the young dancers? Like real talk, you, you fucking up, like you messing up what this community is really about. I mean, I'm talking to DJs. This is just me standing on the side. Like I'm actively, you know, when they're finished, they said like, yo, how come you're not inviting no young guys? Like, why is it the same people over and over again? And they didn't have any answers, nor did they care what I was talking about. So I was like, oh, all right, well, I'm gonna just start having parties for dancers from now on, okay? That's what we're gonna do. And pandemic came and it was like, wipe out. Every, whoever was a promoter and whoever was in charge of the political house music, all that, that, that gone. And I was like, all right, well, a friend of mine, one of my homeboys, he hit me up. This was like right before the pandemic, maybe a year before the pandemic. And he was like, yo, um, I want you to DJ with me. He's a hip hop R&B DJ. And he was like, yo, I want you to DJ house music. I was like, yo, I'm not a DJ. Oh, wait. No, I am a DJ. Hold on. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I know how to do this. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. What I need. I was like, yo, you got turntables? He was like, nah, we use controllers now. I was like, oh, all right. Well, I got to get this new game. You know what I mean? So he put me onto a controller. I DJ maybe like one event for him. It, you know, it was shaky. And then I was like, okay, let me, I got to go into the lab. Like, I got to go practice. And then I was getting my little groove. You know, I practiced a couple of hours a night. Pandemic hit. And then I was DJing four or five hour sets. Me and my girlfriend, she was just sitting in a room and I would be DJing five hours, six hour sets just for her. You feel what I mean? And like getting my skill right, getting my blending, my timing, you know what I mean? Picking the right song, hearing the music in my head first yeah. before I choose it. You know what I mean? Like really absorbing into the, the, the what's going to work. You know what I mean? BPMs. I was like, oh shit, 120 is the shit. Okay, I got to stay at 120, 125. You know what I mean? So that just made like put me full blast. And then I started realizing like, yo, 
I'm not going to DJ in the house no more. This DJing online was killing my vibe. Like, I was like, this is cool, but this is kind of whack. Like, I was like, this is not, I don't feel nothing. Like, I'm not, I don't feel, I can't feel it. I'm playing for myself. So I just put the speakers out in my, in my neighborhood. I would just put them shits in the window and just play out. And then I would see like people sitting on the stoops and shit listening. I was like, okay, I'm going to just go to the park. I'm going to just pull up to a park one day, plug in the park and Piedmont Park had a jack, you know, an outlet. I only had a controller and like two speakers to power up. I didn't need, you know what I mean? An amp, you know what I mean? Plug that joint in. And then I started playing house music in the park. And it was like, it just, I could see how it was changing everybody. You know, how many dancers was coming out. Young heads was just coming to hang out. Like, yo, thank you. Like they wasn't even tipping me. They was hugging me. You feel what I mean? Like that's wow. how you know you doing your job. You know what I'm saying? That, that's amazing, man. Some... No, no, that's truly amazing. And, and you've seen, you know, something going on where, you know, there wasn't that much excitement going on because you, you don't really get that human yeah. interaction. So you was like, you yeah. know, let me innovate and let me just try to reach people the way I can. That's by playing music. And I think that you're doing a service to all people that are in your local area and are able to, you know, be able to enjoy the music in the park, which is safer and not, you know, in a close place given this exactly. COVID-19 yeah. environment, man. So I really like that. And one thing that touched me that you said earlier, you spoke about the community aspect of DJing and, and the culture. And I yeah. really appreciate that. And, and I want to just honor you for, for mentioning community because we need to build community and this more important right now than ever for us to stick together and build a strong community of DJs and entertainers and people in the business that support one another and are elevating and supporting everyone to reach their goals. And I'm fully supporters of that. And I'm fully in support yeah. of you, brother. And I'm proud of everything you're doing. So keep up the good work, man. At this time, I, I would love for us to jump into the lightning round. Um, do you have anything you want to say to DJs in terms of advice or anything you want to say before we jump into the lightning round? Uh, real quick for all DJs is um, don't get caught up in the business of DJing so much that you forget that you're still an artist, you know, and that this is still an art form. It's, you're not a jukebox. You don't pick the top 20 hits just because the promoter says, well, play more trap music. Like tell the promoter like, nah, B, this is what I do. You don't do this job. You know what I mean? And don't forget that that's the most significant thing is to even if you only have one person dancing, that one person is leaving feeling like, oh my God, thank you. Just thank you for that, you know? So that's the payment. Yeah, you get, you get a check too, but remember that if somebody can walk away shaking your hand or wanting to hug you, then you touch somebody as a DJ. You know, you change somebody's life that night because you played music. That's the real talk. That's amazing, brother. And that's awesome advice. DJing is a passion and it's something that if you love yeah. it, the money will come. So lead with Definitely. your passion and the money will come. Um, you know, me, me, I'm always about the business aspect, so I can't say don't worry about the business aspect of it, but you can right. enjoy <laughs> it completely and still, you know, make some money. So appreciate that advice. Yeah. Let's jump right into the lightning round. You ready? Yes, sir. Describe your DJ setup, hardware and software. DJ setup, I got a Newmark controller. Um, I have <laughs> headphones. I just got some Bose. I found them, a, I got a nice deal too. I got like two for 40. I got two Bose headphones, it was love. Um, I have a Pioneer amp, small portable amp. 
and I have two 15 inch speakers and two 13 inch speakers. And I don't even use the 15s. I usually use the 13s and bang them wherever I go. So I can put everything like under my arm and I got a six foot table ready to go. So that's my whole setup. Software, I'm definitely on Serato. Um, I love Serato. I don't care what nobody say. Serato is the best, straight up. Besides yourself, who's your favorite DJ? Beside myself, I do love um, DJ Kemet in Atlanta. He's an excellent DJ. Gives you a, a variety of sounds. Um, my homeboy, Master Mo, that's another cat. And all-time favorite is definitely Kid Capri, without a question. What has been your favorite party or event you've DJed at and why? Uh, my favorite party event that I DJed was my event. I have them in the summer in a park. They're called the Love Over Violence Sessions. And they're dance sessions for just for dancers. If other people show up, that's cool. But it's all dancers vibe. And the, the one that I love the best, I played, I played a six hour set. And I just, I didn't even, I wasn't even tired. You know what I mean? Like I had to make myself stop. I had to be like, okay, I, I gotta wrap it up. You know what I mean? And, and playing house music for six hours was amazing. I, I, my first experience doing that long and I loved it. Who's the most interesting person you've met through DJing? Interesting person I met through DJing was uh, Mario Van Peoples. Uh, Mario Van Peoples, the director, the actor, his father's, you know, two or three generation filmmaking. Uh, Mario Van Peoples is interesting and, you know, he is cool as hell. Like, he's not as cool as, he's more cool than you would ever expect a Hollywood type to be, you know what I mean? Real down to earth. And the club was like, that I met him in was a real hole in the wall. So it was like, yo, what is Mario Van Peoples doing here? And he had a hot little chick with him too. She was bad, I ain't gonna fuck. What's one thing that you think is missing from live streaming for DJs? One thing I think that's missing from streaming for live DJs is the DJs don't have anyone in their space with them. Like, you need to have at least one or two other people to feed off of. You know what I mean? Um, it, it, preferably dancers. I like to have dancers in the room when I'm spinning um, because it, it gives you a vibe. But when you're not, when it's just you on camera looking at, you know, virtual people, you don't really get a feel for what's happening outside of yourself. So you need something to feed off of. So again, one or two hot women in a room just to like stand there or dance around while you're spinning is gonna change the whole virtual game completely. Shout out any DJs you know personally whose story needs to be shared on this podcast. Uh, my man, DJ Rich Nice. Rich Nice, you can follow Rich Nice on Twitch. He has a great story. I went to high school with him. Um, I followed him for years and he, He's just been a DJ for as long as I can remember. You know what I mean? Um, also, DJ Kemet. DJ Kemet is a fabulous DJ out of Atlanta who doesn't really get as much, enough shine, I feel like. Um, but him too. Yeah, DJ Kemet and DJ Rich Knight. Awesome, brother. We look forward to hearing their stories. And any DJs that are interested in being on the My DJ Story podcast, you can sign up at djsignup.com. And brother, where can people find you online or even in person if you're still doing events? Uh, you can find me at on IG, of course, at DJ Doc Ramadan, and um, look for also Love Over Violence Movement, Love Over Violence on Twitch, Love Over Violence on Instagram, DJ Doc Ramadan on Twitch, 
Also, um, I, I do a regular event the third Fridays a month at uh, Cat's Cafe in Atlanta. And you can see me there spinning house music too. Awesome, brother. Well, everyone, you have listened to the story of DJ Doc Ramadan. He's a brother doing amazing stuff, especially for DJs and dancers. Uh, So check him out. He's an amazing brother. And I'm really happy that we got a chance to interview him on the My DJ Story podcast, bro. I appreciate you. Yo, fam, I want to thank you, man. I really want to thank you for doing this, V. This is a great thing that you put together. And I know everybody keeps saluting you, but real talk, fam, you are doing a real good job. Like this is this is a wonderful experience. I appreciate you a lot. Thank you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Are you a DJ? Well, we want to hire you as one of our official, the club virtual DJs. We've been working hard to source hundreds of paid virtual gigs. And we need DJs of all kinds that are interested in getting paid to curate virtual events for our clients. Whether you're a new DJ, just getting started, or a veteran in the game, we have paid gig opportunities for you. Text I'm in to 609-201-1027 to get notified for paid gig opportunities from the club. Tell a friend. We look forward to working with you. Now back to the podcast. <laughs> 